Welcome to the Medical Management Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up your practice. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's program. Hello, and welcome to the Medical Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Arnoldson. I'm joined by Donna Bergman again, Population Director for St. Luke's Health Partners. Donna is also a friend of mine that sits on the Idaho MGMA board as the membership director. Donna, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Jesse. It's great to be here. Thanks. I want to, you know, this this whole episode is devoted to the power of networking and, and how we actually, the action steps to building a strong healthcare network. Tell me a little bit about your first interactions. What got you into MGMA or your local state chapter in the beginning? So the local chapter for me was actually Arizona MGMA years and years and years ago when I was 12, I think. (laughs) Um, And actually the first step was even a precursor to that. I had taken a job and I was in a billing office for a, a practice and my boss, the clinic administrator she knew I was struggling with some of the denials and goofy things. And she said, Donna, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. You really need to know. You need to call up uh, so-and-so at the pair. You need to go to lunch. And for your listeners, this is the funniest story, but a 100% God's honest truth. I was making 565 minimum wage in this billing office. And I am thinking... <laughs> I can't go to lunch. <laughs> can't even so, afford to drive to lunch. <laughs> I know. I've got, you know, I've got a Toyota Corolla with 230,000 miles that has to run with the heat on in Tucson, Arizona. This is going to Oh, fuck. And so I remember just tail between my legs and I said, Diane, I appreciate that, but I don't think I can afford to go to lunch. And she said, well, we don't reimburse lunches. She said, I'll tell you what, I think it's really important for you to network. She slipped me 20 bucks and suggested we go to Buddy's Grill. I'm thinking Buddy's Grill, how bad could be? Great place. I don't even think they're in business anymore in Tucson, but I, they were home of the $20 hot dog, just so you know. It was, it was a nice restaurant that uh, I probably had no business being in. <laughs> but that's what started my really adventure into networking. And from there, it grew. Diane was a great mentor for me for years and remains that way. And she eventually looped me in to Arizona MGMA. I met so many people, and some of which were Pollyannas like me who believed that things can be better and wanted to change things. And some of them weren't. And that's okay. It was a great time in my career early on to be introduced to what I would call the movers and the shakers. Yeah. Of medical practice management. It was cool. I love it. It's always great to hear about somebody that puts their arm around you and, and brings you into it. Mine was Greg Feltenberger, previously from Idaho Urologic Institute. He was the IMGMA president at one time and actually came to MedMan to talk about MedMan joining Idaho MGMA and then pulled me aside afterwards and individually tried to recruit me and, and keep me in the loop and invited me to attend a board meeting just to kind of see people. And it was, it was amazing. But those, those people really stand out. They do. But 
tell me what has kept you involved in MGMA over the years. So the 20 years I was in Arizona, probably 15 of which I was actively involved in Arizona MGMA. And hands down, it's the people. It's that networking. Practice management is hard. Let's be very candid. There are days where you get in your car and you go, I cannot believe, how did this happen? Um, It's just, it's hard. It's hard emotionally. It's hard mentally. It's hard to keep your cool sometimes. It is. There are certain things you're not allowed to do in a practice. Most of which I probably shouldn't say on this uh, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. But you right. can't do it. You got to hold yeah. it in. You got to keep your professionalism. But with your professional network, it's amazing to be able just to call up here and say, oh my gosh, I got to have an outlet. I got to be able to tell somebody what happened today. And it is amazing how many times you hear, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Oh my gosh, this happens to other practices. I thought it was just me. I thought I was so bad when I first started that these things only happen to me. But no, we're not alone. Doctors not showing up, employees showing up intoxicated. <laughs> we had a car go through a through a practice once. I've been there. See, to, to, what these things saying? happen. I've had that happen. <laughs> um, we've had embezzlement. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you name it. We've had it. And sometimes it's that professional network that just, it's like group therapy. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that people are, are dealing with the same stuff. It's also a great place when you're looking to grow your career. My career could not have done. I would not have been able to accomplish what I have without that network. One of my favorite stories, I have three guys who insist that they are responsible for my recruitment to a uh, position in Tucson. And in talking to them each individually, I thought, man, I got to put these three idiots in one room because, you know, two of them, at least two of them have to be liars, right? <laughs> but I was, I was working for another hospital and I get a call from one of the three and he says, you know, what's your happiness level? And I laughed and I said, John, I'm in practice management. What do you think my happiness level is? Yeah. And so we had a nice little chat and he says, well, I know you've always wanted to go work for this company. He said, I've put your name in the hat. You need to call today. The other two individuals that also take credit for that recruitment were also part of Arizona MGMA. They'd known me for years. And when that came up, my name was the only name in the hat. That's the power of your network. It's good times. I love it. I love it. Let me ask you just a couple more questions on MGMA and then I'll ask you a couple more ways of, you know, outside of the Medical Group Management Association of ways to network. But tell me, you know, if you came across me my first year, two years into practice management, what would you say if you could put in bullet point fashion, what are the best ways to engage with your local chapter or, or, and or national association? So let's stay local. I think national has a place and I'm a sure. national member. Um, great for information. Mm-hmm much more difficult to network. So if you were um, first, second year person, Jesse, I would tell you, go to the monthly events. They're a little harder right now because they're on Zoom. Right. But work through someone like me or any of the other board members and get connected. Showing up and getting the information is great. But reaching out after those events and getting more information and creating that connection because it's that connection that's really important. Mm-hmm. You can only get so much out of a 50-minute webinar 
or even going to a luncheon because they're coming back soon. They will. Yep. And when once we're at luncheons, these are much easier because get to know the people at your table. Bring your business cards or have it on your phone so that you can quickly transfer your card. Commit to meeting somebody within MGMA outside of an MGMA event, whether it's happy hour, going to breakfast, sometimes people meet for lunches. That's what fuels this thinking of making healthcare better. That's what fuels the idea that we're not on a hamster wheel. We don't have to be. If we're on it, it's because we choose to be on it. But if we want to choose to get off it and make it better, better for us, better for our patients, better for our providers, you're going to do it with other members of MGMA, other like thinkers. I like that. I really do. Donna, you're the the membership director for MGMA Idaho. I think that there's a lot to participating on some of the subcommittees too. You don't have to come in full-fledged board member first year of MGMA, but there are different ways of let's say, serving in the association that can bring you closer to to people. I like how you said get to know the people at your table. You can also really get to know the people well on a membership committee or on a conference planning committee, anything like that. And I'd I'd encourage, I know that you have a committee of your own under the membership. uh, I do. I do. I've got a membership committee. So if there's anybody out there who wants to be part of this, you know, reach out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are a little light. And it would be a lot of fun. We want to build this membership. We want people to have connections geographically where they mm-hmm. are at. Yeah. It's been through MGMA that I've been fortunate enough to find, like you said, like-minded thinkers in my own specialty that I talk to regularly now. You know, I have my peeps at MedMan and I enjoy that and I love it. I don't have another pediatric practice like us. But I can take what I love about MedMan, all the networking, all the, the camaraderie, and go out and build my own little mini network. And, and I do that through the, the folks I met at MGMA. So Donna, tell me, besides MGMA, what's a, a, this doesn't have to be a whole commercial for MGMA, <laughs> even though we love the association. Tell me other ways in which you have successfully built a strong healthcare network around you. I am a member of uh, National MGMA. I am a member of ACHE, the American College of Healthcare Executives. However, don't just stay in healthcare. Get involved. I'm working on connecting with uh, Rotary in Nampa. I do work with Meridian Canine Rescue. And you're thinking, what does that have to do with healthcare? There are patients. The people that sit on these other boards, there are employers. They are the ones that are paying the price because we are not delivering effectively and efficiently the healthcare services that they need. And we can learn a lot from other industries. So get to know people, make the connection to healthcare. I guarantee you, everybody you meet is either a patient, has been a patient, they're paying insurance premiums, they're certainly paying tax dollars, that are paying for Medicare and Medicaid, and now ACA subsidies. Get out and meet people. And talk about healthcare. If you are going to build this practice of the future that we talked about in the last episode, you have to have a deep understanding of what the community needs, what your patients need. And you're not always going to find them in healthcare circles. So expand your lens. I love that. I love bringing it full circle to what we talked about last time. Yeah, you can't do this unless you understand the different points of view from the different stakeholders here. Patient, employer, taxpayer, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> is it their point of view? Is it not the strangest industry you've ever seen? 
This is the only industry we pay every dollar, every single dollar that goes into healthcare, you and I pay. We Mm -hmm. either pay it in premium, we pay it in coinsurance, we pay it in copays, we pay it in taxes, we pay it, you know, truly out of our wages because our employer can't give us those wages because they're paying their portion of it. That's all salary and part of the compensation. We're paying for it, but yet we have no say as a patient how it's delivered, what we get. We don't even drive what the quality metrics are. Right. Payers and government drive that. It is a strange industry. So let's change it. I'll leave with one note. I was sitting in a course at Boise State University on value-based care. And one of the biggest aha moments for me was this introduction of chasing outcomes that matter to patients. And those last couple of words had never been, I'd never heard them in any MIPS, PQRS, meaningful use. BS conversation about value uh, ever in healthcare until all of a sudden I realized, oh yeah, you're right. I'm not wanting to chase the Yelp review for the, not that kind of, you know, outcome that matters, but truly what helps patients, helps them feel better, helps them control their disease rather than be controlled by it. Those types of things. I think rarely we ask them, rarely we seek out what really matters to them. Where I love data. I love going out, using it and using it to create change. But it can't be the only thing that drives our this value-based uh, movement that we have going on. Very true. I always pick up, this is the one that cracks me up the most, is Medicare rewards you for doing smoking cessation conversations with our seniors. Right. And I have a family member who's probably 89, 90 years old. He's been smoking since he was 15. What's the point? What is the getting point? into that? Yeah. <laughs> really? Give Doug his smokes, man. Yeah. At this yeah. point, I get it. Try to convince the 16-year-old never to start. Try to convince the 30-year-old that absolutely while you are pregnant, you should not be smoking. Yeah. While you have kids at home, you should not be smoking. Get the 40-year-old to quit. Yes. But leave leave my 90-year-old alone. alone. <laughs> I get it. Hey, when I you mean. hit 90, you'd smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Donna, thank you for being on. I love this kind of uh, back and forth. I love these conversations. I hope that you'd be willing to come back in the future. I'm hoping when your clinic is up and running and we can talk about the ways that that. it is so much better than everything else we've got. (laughs) That would be fantastic. I do enjoy these conversations, Jesse. Thank you. And for our listeners, make sure that you are prioritizing your networking. It is not just the hob and knob and passing business cards, sales feel like kind of thing. It's There's power in having good connections and you need to have those around you if you have any hope of enacting big, great, amazing change in healthcare. Donna, we're at a revival. Amen. A, amen. <laughs> Can I get a hallelujah? Everybody, before you go, please hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Medical Management Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Medical Management Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com. Thank you.